When I first started in the admissions office, Mm -hmm. all the applications were on paper. And I still remember handwriting my Yale College applications Mm -hmm. uh, on my dining room table as a high school student (laughs) on Sundays. Literally hand wrote it. um, And then mail it in. Mail it in, exactly. And it used to be that we would take weeks to assemble all the mail. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Cross Campus. I'm Allison Park, and that was Jeremiah Quinlan, Dean of Yale Undergraduate Admissions. As students here on campus settle in for the new semester, high school students are anxiously counting down the days until decisions are released. This is prime time for deferred students to send in their follow-up letters and various updates to the admissions office, and people who submitted them last month, I can imagine, are just pacing back and forth. While these students are trying to manage their own expectations, just a 10-minute walk from the Yale Daily News building, we have the admissions office up on Hill House Avenue. With 54 days to go until decision day, staffers are working around the clock at the center of this massive decision-making apparatus, trying to figure out what to do with these 37,000 applications with only around 1,500 spots to give out. In a year when admissions are under intense scrutiny, especially on the topic of race-based admissions, it's more important now than ever to really explore the basic principles of how this process works. We sat down with the admissions insiders here to figure out what's happening behind the scenes. This episode is going to be the first of a two-part series about Yale admissions, and next week we're going to be hearing from some current students' experiences applying to Yale as a high school senior. We have 25 admissions officers who are responsible for applications from all over the world, and we Mm -hmm. divide up the world into geographic portfolios. So there is someone who's responsible for reading all of the applications from Virginia or all of the applications from, you know, Michigan, all the applications from Eastern Europe. And that person opens up the file and looks at testing and the transcript and tries to ask themselves, can this student do the work at Yale? Fortunately, for most of our applicants, the answer to that question is yes. So they read the rest of the application regardless. But if they really find the student would also, in addition to being able to do the work here, would be able to contribute in a really, really valuable way to the classroom, to the residential colleges, to extracurricular activities, to the New Haven community, then that person would probably be passed on to be read uh, a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Now, since it's all virtually, the person would read the application, send it back to the area officer, and then the area officer is responsible for presenting the strongest applicants from their geographic territory to the admissions committee. Okay. And that's kind of in front of you and in front of the other 25 admissions officers? No. So the admissions committee at Yale consists of usually around five folks, um, three members of the admissions staff, a member of the faculty, and a dean in Yale College. Mm -hmm. Um, And the presentation is made about the specific applicant, and then the application can be reviewed in the admissions committee room Um, so you can see five people around a table with a screen and they would hear the presentation look at the credentials of the student applicant and then um, review different parts of the application in Mm -hmm. live in person as a group discuss the different parts of the application then vote on the uh, application of that specific candidate so Mm -hmm. by the time a student gets admitted DL their application has been read twice and then seen by a five-person committee so it's a Mm -hmm. very human time-intensive, people-intensive process. The admissions committee actually starts meeting this week, first week of February, Mm -hmm. and meets now for the nonstop for the next eight weeks till the end of March till Mm -hmm. we release decisions. So the whole process is over two months, generally? That's the committee process. My staff have been um, diligently reading applications for the last month, and then Mm -hmm. obviously we had early action as well in November and December. Right, right. I mean, kind of separate. Is Is it by unanimous vote in the committee? That was Brandon Liu, our sound engineer. 
It's <laughs> a great question. Um, no, you do not have to have a unanimous vote, um, but we try to get towards consensus. Um, and uh, but it, you do not need a unanimous vote to be admitted. When I applied to Yale, we had sort of fourteen thousand applications. When I started in the admissions office fifteen years ago, we had seventeen thousand applications. Now we have thirty-seven thousand applications. Yeah. According to a 2018 report issued by the National Association for College Admission Counseling, the number of college applications from first-time freshmen have been increasing across the board. Dean Quinlan talked about some factors that could be contributing to this rise in applications. I think there's a lot of factors. First, um, there's obviously shared application platforms, the Common Application, the Coalition Application, Mm -hmm. the QuestBridge Application. Students who are applying to Yale can now apply to either several hundred or 36 if they're applying through QuestBridge, different partner institutions with one application. So Mm -hmm. 75% of Yale's questions are shared by our peers. This allows students to apply to multiple institutions much more easily. For the first time last year, um, we survey our admitted students every summer. For the first time since I've been here in 15 years, the average number of schools applied to by our admitted students was over 10 for the first time. So students are applying to more and more colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, and frankly, there's a lot of focus on university education, the cost of higher ed, um, U.S. News and World Report rankings, which I think obviously you know has a negative impact on admissions. Mm-hmm. The good news about this is that more and more students from different parts of the country and different parts of the world who have traditionally thought Yale was not an institution for them are understanding how different this place was than it was 50 years ago and 30 years ago and 15 years ago. And so um, perceptions about the cost of Yale and who is actually a Yale student has changed a lot over time so that more and more of the top students all around the world, I think, are able to imagine themselves here and thus apply. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good news story. I mean, Yale has a long history of admitting only one type of student from one type of background. Um, and that is, for the last 50 years, has been changing. And I think those changes have really accelerated over the past decade. Yeah, kind of to build off of that also is what's on Yale admissions mind far more this year in 2019 or in incoming application years when it looks at applicants versus the past 10, 15, 30 years in general? Well, I think we are really just continuing to focus on how diverse the applicant pool is. Mm -hmm. Students applying from high schools that we've never received applications from. Mm -hmm. This is all over the world, but in the U.S. Um, And focusing on trying to get a better understanding of sort of the context for which students apply. um, What kind of adversity they might have faced and overcome in their high school careers. And trying to make sure that we are getting the best information about the student that we can so that we can make a really sort of thoughtful admissions decision. This is not easy Mm because there's really, really large high schools out there that are not able to write good recommendations for students. We only have a limited number of alumni interviewers. Um, Students' standardized testing scores all keep increasing and don't Mm -hmm. really differentiate a lot of students in our applicant pool. So trying to get really good information, I think, is important. More essays sound like they've been written by 47-year-old lawyers and not 17-year-olds. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we're starting to see sort of a, sure. a, a, a trying to get a really good sense of students and applicants is a challenge with the increasing volume and the sort of diversifying nature of schools that students are from. 
And I think that's something we're really working hard on. So the class of 2022 set the record for socioeconomic diversity and yield, according to Yale News. That's Um, correct. That's great news. Uh, Can you expand on what this means? Well, it's two different things, obviously, two different questions. So the yield rate is the percent of students who accept our offer of admission. So last year, 72% of the students that we offered admission accepted our offer. That is great news. It's very exciting. I think that mm-hmm. indicates mm-hmm. that many really smart students understand that Yale College offers a fantastic education, tremendous liberal arts education embedded in a research university. And the fact that yield rates were up for students from all over the country and all over the world, I think really does say something about sort of the appeal of, of Yale College, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, socioeconomic diversity is a separate question. Um, and that's something that we have been working very hard on over the past few years. Um, you know, President Salve, myself, um, we really believe that a Yale College education is an incredible opportunity to mobilize achieving students and their families um, across social class into incredible opportunities after they graduate from this place. Mm-hmm. Our data tell us that alums, Yale alums, regardless of the status, the socioeconomic status that they um, had when they showed up at Yale, end up graduating at the same rates and then end up uh, going to graduate school at the same rates and then end up 10, 15, 20 years making the same amount of money, reporting the same general level of happiness. Mm-hmm. So it's very clear that a Yale College education is an incredible tool for socioeconomic mobility. And this is against the backdrop of a world where, frankly, there seem to be fewer and fewer of those opportunities mm-hmm. out there. And so President Salvin, I think very important that Yale um, – a Yale education be available to a broad, a broad swath of really talented um, young people. And we have moved the needle tremendously, increasing the number of first-generation students in the first-year class, the number of students receiving Pell Grants for low-income mm-hmm. students. Um, the, you know, we've essentially almost doubled the number of Pell-eligible students on campus over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone from about 12% of the first-year class being first in their family to go to college to um, close to 18% of the first year class being first in their family to go to college. Um, And that's also kind of because that's where our applicant pool is heading as well. You know, we talked a little bit a few minutes ago about the increasing diversity of the applicant pool. And it is true that many of the applicants to Yale that have that have led to the increase in applications have not been from um, students who are coming from upper middle class backgrounds with Yale educations in in you know local parts of the world. It's mm-hmm. more and more applications from students who would be the first in their family to go to college. So not only is the quantity increasing, but the quality is increasing as well. All those applications. Earlier this year, our admissions alumni and financial aid beat reporter Skakel McCooey reported on a story revealing that certain high school students received special treatment from the Yale Development Office. So, um, you know, this is a, the, the admissions process and covering the admissions process. The, the first thing you kind of realize is that it's incredibly complicated um, and it's, you know, any any organization that has to uh, read through tens of thousands of applications and make very hard decisions has a lot of moving parts. Our sound engineer, Brandon, got to sit down with Skakel and speak candidly about what happens in the reading room when admissions officers face these special admissions cases. Um, I worked on the piece with uh, Lorenzo, another beat reporter for the YDN, um, and we got into contact with a few people. We got into contact with the sex admissions officer, um, who we were very lucky to speak to um, you know, very frankly about the admissions process and what, you know, goes on 
behind the closed doors. Um, and that was really, really enlightening. Um, the first step is that the admissions officers read applications um, and evaluate candidates without any real special knowledge of these quote unquote special designations. Um, and then a special designation, again, this is according to the, the person from the admissions, the ex admissions officer. Um, these designations are for athletic recruits, artists, musicians um, who can submit you know, materials and what they called, quote, uh, institutional cases, unquote. Uh, so what do you mean by institutional cases? So an, institu- an institutional case is um, basically Yale's term for donor-relevant application. Um, and this is, again, according to the ex-admissions officer. In the grand scheme of things, do these uh, special designations and in institutional cases, do they significantly improve a student's chances of getting into Yale? Well, that is really the question, isn't it? Um, and I think that's a really hard question to answer. From what the ex-admissions officer and I spoke about, you know, they have this initial reading um, and then they are made aware of these uh, special designations um, and distinctions. Um, And if your application is competitive, these only kind of serve to boost your application and uh, make you even more competitive. It's where um, your application is not as competitive that then you know, these designations kind of come into play and, and uh, make things more complicated. The ex-admissions officer estimated that approximately 30 to 40 applications every year um, receive these institutional distinctions. Um, and they approximated that about uh, most of these were strong to average applicants. Um, and then there are about five to 10 that were weaker applicants, um, and then those were subject to greater debate during mm-hmm. the application process. And were they given... Sp- like extra consideration because of that? Were they given more time at the, at the committee hearings? And It's hard to say. So, so what we know for sure is that the development office cannot um, you know, force uh, admissions and to do anything. Um, you know, the admissions department, um, and they're very clear on this, is um, held, uh, you know, holds itself apart from development and any other university um, entity. So it's hard to say, you know, what actual benefit they're getting, but they're definitely, you know, exposed to support and information from Mm -hmm. even before they Mm -hmm. apply. What would you say is the mission of Yale admissions? The mission of Yale admissions (laughs) going forward? Well, it's the same mission as it has been since since Mm -hmm. the last few decades, which is basically to, um, attract the brightest and most accomplished um, secondary school students in the U.S. and the world, get them interested in Yale, get them to understand that the type of institution that Yale is now, not the type of institution that Yale was maybe 50 years ago, um, and then um, get them to apply and get them to choose Yale if they're admitted compared to lots of other fabulous options, mm-hmm. right? Tends to be that students who are admitted to Yale have great choices to make between some other fabulous institutions, but I think we have a pretty unique um, college here with some unique opportunities and to try and get as many students to realize that as possible. A special thank you to Brandon Liu and Matt Udry, the cross-campus sound engineers, for helping to put this episode together. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Campus. Stay tuned for the second part of the series and to Yale admissions to hear from some current students and their unique experiences when they were applying to college. I'm Allison Park, and I'll talk to you in our next episode.